Over the Ball is brought to you by Soccer America. Soccer America, the soccer paper of record. Go to SoccerAmerica.com and sign up for your subscription today. And by Nella from Fitbiomics. A Harvard doctor has found the probiotic strain that is found in most world-class athletes. Not all probiotics are the same. More information on all our sponsors at OverTheBall.com slash sponsors. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247. Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn and Chris Shamides. Uh, Chris, hope all's well wherever you are. We all ball been traveling. I uh, want to apologize to Ed. Everybody, last week, we were not able to get an over-the-ball out uh, out into the, the Ethernets, as they say, because of the, uh, the Nantucket Comedy Festival, which we just had this past week, which I am absolutely exhausted. Uh, Chris, you missed it. You're on the other coast. But uh, Ken, our producer, was there with Octane Media and their, uh, their social media responsibilities. But, man, I'm wiped out. A lot of great laughs, a lot of fun. And uh, you're going to have to get out here one year for it. Yeah, I would love to. I actually went to graduate school in Massachusetts at uh, UMass, but I've never been to Nantucket. Can you believe that? I grew up my whole life in the Northeast. I've never been there. So yeah, look, definitely it's, something it, I want to hit. It's a tough place to get to. So, you know, once you get here, you got to spend some time here. But it's so damn expensive, too. It's uh, it's tough to keep people here. So uh, we, had a, we had a good time. I had about 15 comedians here. We started out with uh, – uh, we had recorded a television special for Don Gavin, who's the godfather of Boston comedy. We aired that on Wednesday night. Thursday night we had uh, Women's Night, and it was Tracy Pascatelli, who's a you know a headliner, just hysterical. She's like Italian, lives north of Pittsburgh, you know, just just really funny. Went you know went on for a good forty minutes, so that was great. Saturday night we had this uh, Southern Night with the comedy of uh, a bunch of Southerners, a bunch of guys here. Uh, Italian Pascatelli, right? I said. They say Terry Pascatelli. Anyway. Tracy, but uh, Tracy, yeah, Tammy, yeah. No. Tammy. It's I, Tammy Pascatelli. And I even know it as Tammy because uh, I've seen her name before. She's uh, a big one. Yeah, she's, uh, well, she's not um, fat, if that's what you're saying. She's no, referring to her profile in terms of the scales of comedy and how high up she's done in the ladder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And you can't be, you got to go, you got to be serious as a, as a coach. Um, all right, I'm sorry there. So uh, sorry, Tammy. Um, and then we had the Saturday Night SmackDown, which is the Boston versus New York SmackDown. We have our friend Bob Lee, who does the intro into this uh, this show once in a while. On and it's so funny to watch Bob go up and try to do a little bit of stand up, and he actually pulls it off. You know, he's just he's so polished with you know reading and writing as far as his uh, as his words, what he's going to talk about. He did a couple of jokes, so it was funny. We had a we had a an accident here somebody put drove their range rover into um, one of the boat launch areas into the water and then the police found it and they didn't know where the driver was or anything and so about two hours later somebody showed up at the police station drunk and soaking wet saying their car was stolen <laughs> <laughs> and let me great the great detective work figured it out great detective works like you can at least dry your hair for god's sake so you change your clothes before you go in to try and report your stolen range rover uh, uh, wait uh, what tell me about the smackdown what what is the dynamic of that like how does that work boston versus new york we get three comics on each side you know three from boston three from new york bob hosts it i bring bob up and then uh they bring up the new york because they're the visitors and that comic does, you know, 12, 12 minutes. 
And they all went over, by the way, because the crowd is so fantastic. They don't want to get off stage. They'll do about 12 to 15 minutes. So first a, a New York guy goes, then a Boston guy goes, then a New York guy, a Boston guy. Um, so it started off with Marla Schultz from, from New York, um, which was a, which was she did well. And then the first up from Boston was comically Brad Mastrangelo, who, uh, who really did really, really well. Then a, a young comic named Alex Babbitt, who it was hysterical. He's an African-American kid from, um, I think, the Bronx. And he was doing a bit. He literally found out his grandmother is Jewish. So he did this whole bit about how he was applying for that trip that you take as a, a when you're Jewish, you can go to Israel. Birthright. Yeah, the birthright. The birthright, right. So he was going over for the birthright. He was just hysterical. He does. Um, he goes, I'm filling out the application. And the first line is, what do you think of the Jews? And he's like, aha, what do you think of us? You can't fool me on that one. You know, <laughs> so it was like, he, he did a whole bit about that. And it was, it was just really great. And then uh, let's see. So he went. And then Al Ducharme went for Boston. No, yeah, for New York. Sure. Uh, and then Paul D'Angelo. It was it was really fun. So you get six comics who kind of knock it out of the park. And then we have a winner uh, who gets the uh, the Nantucket Comedy Festival uh, cup. The winner is an individual or like the city? No, it's team of three. Yeah, okay. the team. The team. So Bob does this informal who's up, who wins. And, you know, it's a bigger Boston crowd. Uh, but Boston legitimately won this year. Usually sometimes New York will have a better set, you know, set of sets. And, um, and then all of a sudden... You know, they still Boston still wins because there's more people here from Boston. But this year it was fair. It yeah. was fair. Boston won. Uh, Paul D'Angelo just uh, just killed it. How many years yeah. you got? You guys been doing that? It's the sixteenth year I've been doing it. So I started it when I was twenty. So I'm thirty six now. So it's uh, you know, hey, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. So all good. Say so, hey. So I haven't been watching much soccer. Been. Uh, babysitting comedians all weekend so it's been nice to uh to have them shipped off oh we we go on a, a boat cruise on sunday i always take some of the comics and some of the people who stick around it's like a 150 foot sailing schooner we go out for a lunch and a sail and um my god so we usually go out to this place called great point which is on the end of the island and the next stop is like uh the azores you know i mean in that direction so um about 20 people jump in the water every year and so this year, one of the locals said, hey, Flinny, man, uh, I noticed you guys go swimming every year at a great point. He goes, I've been fishing there every day, man. There's all kinds of great whites out there. And we see them almost every time we go out there. I'm like, are you shitting me? Great whites. So I tell everybody on the boat, and they're like, uh, okay, we're in. We're good. We're done. Yeah. And then they sent some video. I could maybe post it out. They sent video of uh, a shark ate three seals right in front of people uh, this week. Just tearing them up right where we were swimming or we would have been swimming in, in years past. I've never heard of a shark situation in Nantucket. There's, there's never been a shark attack here in human history, in Nantucket history. So, but the seals are back. So there's a lot of people on the beaches. The yeah. seals are all over the place. I think there was something happened in the late seventies or eighties about protecting the seals. So now they're back. They're wow. everywhere. And where there's seals, there's uh yeah. So yeah, thanks yeah. for clarifying a human history because I wasn't sure which history you wanted to frame that in. Well, be like uh, you see shark attacks. Uh, you know, a lot of those peg leg sailors that were um, yeah. on the ship. Wait. That's how they lost their leg. Question: Don't you have uh, kids connected to this? Isn't there like a you, you teach? Yeah. What, what's the, what's that group called? Uh, well, stand up and learn. And, and what does that do? What do they do? Basically, what the comedy festival for? We we teach these sta uh, kids stand up here in the the community year round kids and and then the summer kids and the the kids summer kids are funny. I was 
I was telling Ken this earlier because the summer kids are sort of, they're one percenters, you know, so it was like their stories about their lives are very different than you and you and I. They're like one little girl, she's so cute. But she's like, um, I was having breakfast with my mom in Paris and I went there. You're like, okay. Paris. And then one kid's like my dad, he's so silly. He was taking photos in Venice and fell in the canal. Oh God. I hate when that happens. <laughs> oh dad. <laughs> oh dad in Venice in the canal. You know, the one girl's like, I'm playing squash at the Westmore club and a ball hit me in the knee. You know, I'm like, Oh, okay. These are, these are identical identifiable things that we yeah, relate yeah. to, you know, you kids. Do but, they uh, get, uh, is it just workshop or do they get stage time? They got stage time. 17 of them, I think, went. That's and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I have some of the professional comics in the in the seats up front sort of giving them positive feedback on what, they, what they've done. So it, uh, it was really great this year. So um, we, we videotaped it. Well, uh, do we even videotape anymore? Is that what you call it? I don't even think you videotape it. I think we, were, we recorded it digitally. And... Uh, so that's, that'll be out and about. That's something. You can always go to the Nantucket Comedy website. It's on there, the kids. And uh, we've kind of partnered up with the um, Comedy Museum, which is in Jamestown, New York. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, multi-zillion dollar facility they have. It's really great. We're looking to partner up with them for Stand Up and Learn to take it nationally. So it's, uh, it's, been, a good, it's been a good, productive festival. And a lot of a lot of people were there. Like I said, everything was sold out, so it was great. I would love to go to the Comedy Museum. Yes, it was here. Yeah, I didn't know that. Because, like, in here in Hermosa, at the Comedy and Magic Club, they have, like, the puffy shirt from the Seinfeld uh, episode. Right. And right. I always think, like, oh, that should that's like a relic. That should be, like, that should skip comedy and go to the Smithsonian or something. Interestingly enough, Chris, I think that that museum bought the Comedy and Magic Club. So... I think there's a connection there. So uh, they have an East Coast and a West Coast presence. So they're uh, they're really doing great things. So it's uh, it's nice to be partnered up with them. So all right. So uh, I think we should call the show "Over the Microphone" um, as a stand-up comic a comedy show. But soccer, uh, big game tonight. We're recording this on a Monday. It's kind of a, a grudge match, revenge match for uh, the U.S. women. They're playing Canada. You know, that's like, people are talking to me, and I know you know I get accused of they saying it's sexist, but I it. The national team, it bores me because the competition is not there. And I think the better the competition gets, the more, uh, you know, the way they have dominated in the past, it's just, I don't know, it's just not always fun to watch, just beating up Haiti or, or somebody else. So Indonesia, something like the Fiji Islands. So I love when they really have a tough match. And whenever they play Canada, it's a tough match. And we were talking about it uh, last or two weeks ago about, you know, the lack of competition for them in early stages can hurt them in later stages because, you know, here you again, you have the women in the Euros just beating each other up, playing competitively, uh, and they're getting sharper. They're going through the, you know, the war-torn stuff. Yeah. So, um, so this is good. Canada, you know, they don't have Christie Sinclair anymore, but yeah. they've got some good players. Yeah, for the U.S. women's fans, you really hold out, wait for the World Cup, and you wait for the Olympics. Um, but the qualifying is kind of expected and not very dramatic. So the only other right. game that really shows up on the marquee is the the local derby with Canada because, you know, they don't have the same dynamic with Mexico that, let's say, the men's side has. But U.S.-Canada on the women's side has been fantastic. So yeah. great rivalry that's going to come back and forth. And obviously Canada is at a high point right now. And not just on the women's side, but the men's side as well. And across other sports too. Like they're doing great. Tennis, all right. these other groups. Like they're really doing well athletically, the country. Uh, Canada now for the U.S. is a tough, tough partner to the north, which, 
you know, you, you mentioned Mexico because because when the women's side, the, their Mexico really is Canada. That's that's who their their big grudge match is, and they they battle it out, man. There've been some really bloody brawls. Uh, they go in hard. Um, but for the men, we've always had Mexico. We've sort of caught up. Many would argue surpassed them in with depth of talent, youth. Uh, so they're going to have to have a resurgence in Mexico. Uh, but Canada, my God, they, they've just come along. They've come along quick. That coach has them winning well on the men's side. So uh, this is fun because, you know, you talk about it. Look about how much we're pulling out our hair during the men's qualification process when the women just breeze through it. And there's no yeah. drama there. There's no yeah. drama. And every game seems like a friendly. So uh, I think this is this will be a fun match tonight. 10 o'clock. Yeah, it'll be good. And it kind of takes me back to when Jurgen Klinsmann was the men's national team coach and he was really kind of dying for the for the men's uh, under 23 team to qualify for the Olympics because of the great opportunity that it would present to just vet those players you know to give right. them a stage such as the Olympics and we haven't qualified for so many Olympics on the men's side on the women's side we we have and will typically but now I have that same feeling when I watch the women's Euros where like what you're saying like damn, they're getting great competition. You know, like that's a great stage for them. And we all don't get that. So now we're going to have to wait it out for the Olympics and the World Cup. And the English are on fire over there. They're playing well. They seem to be the team to beat. So um, England versus Germany, they say, in the final. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a big one. So that'll be fun. And like I said, then it's fun to watch. I don't want to see you beat up on somebody. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like, like an all-star team against, uh, you know, a youth yeah. team or something. Well, it's crazy. So, so this is all good. Odds exist. Germany will beat England in penalties, just like it always happens. What was that Lineker's quote? He goes, you know that quote? Yeah. They, yeah. they play for 90 minutes and the Germans win. Yeah. Both sides. So, um, all right. So speaking of, uh, well, he's not German, but he's Polish, but he's leaving Germany. He's leaving Bayern. Lewandowski goes to Barcelona. What do you think about that? Yeah, the writing's been on the wall for a while, and it's been specific to Barcelona for a while. So I don't think this catches anyone by surprise who's been following it. Uh, they had to work it all out. Bayern's remarkably efficient, you know, with yeah. how and when they release players and replace players. And so they, they've always done a good job of keeping their group fresh. And obviously that's led to them staying atop the Bundesliga for so many years to almost to the point where it's, it's not as competitive. Yeah, as it's boring, as yeah. Yeah. Right. But for Lewandowski, I mean, this is huge because he's going to be firing on all cylinders. He's in his prime still. He's on the, he's on the older side, but mm-hmm. he is going to be wanting to, to prove himself. And, you know, what a great stage because this is what Barcelona needs. They didn't win La Liga last year. They have a new coach who's kind of coming up the ranks here, Xavi. And, and this is their their version of a scoring stud. And he's exactly that. He's a remarkable I mean, he's, he's a game changer to say the least. I, I think what's interesting is, one, Will Bayern be able to, you know, maintain that control over the top of the Bundesliga like they have? Because uh, it's not even close. I mean, that's that was uh, a good German accent. Der Bundesliga, ja, wo das ist gut, ja, so der. So anyway, Lewandowski. So we have to do the whole show like Sergeant Schultz. Hey, you know, you know, I was watching um, uh, on Paramount Plus. They have a show called The Offer. Have you heard about it? No. It's unbelievable. It's about the making of The Godfather, the movie. And how that movie ever got made is unbelievable. It's, but it's this guy, Al Ruddy. He's a producer. And he, he's got to deal with the mob. He's got to deal with all the unions. He's got to deal with crazy, uh, you know, cocaine Hollywood and all this stuff. It's, it's 10 series, 10-part 10 series. And it's, you know, one-time deal. And it was just fantastic. I blew through it in like a day and a half. And just oh. um, loved it. And what the guy, Al Ruddy, was the producer, he pitched Hogan's Heroes. 
which I had always, and I'm like, how the hell did that show ever get made and bought? And he gives the pitch and they have this sort of the verbatim pitch that Ruddy gave that day. And it was like, oh, it's so funny. It's a POW camp in Germany during <laughs> World War II. It's like, how does that become a comedy? I don't know, but he yeah. somehow, somehow, somehow. So after three seasons of that, so after three seasons of that, he, um, he goes, I want to get into movies. And he just decides to do, uh, you know, decides to do, get in bed with Robert Evans from Paramount. And they do The Godfather, you know, and they deal with Rando and, you know, the director, Coppola, and like I said, the mob. And it's just it's pretty, pretty amazing. So, But it's um, Mario Puzo's book that it came from. I don't know who bought the he rights. Did it, he, he did it as well. Paramount bought it, bought the rights. And yeah. so Puzo's in it. And he was just like, he was just eating all the time. And he was a diabetic. And his wife was always calling saying, he's not eating any cake or anything. And then Rob, the other writer would look over and he'd be eating cake. You know, it was like, <laughs> no, he's, you know. <laughs> Uh, but it's really good. Anyway, so, that, you know, you do the German accent. That's what I... He so if we went from Lewandowski to uh, The Godfather. That's, I know not to do. That's why this show is special. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, that's why I was... So anyway, look, so two things. One, maybe this loosens up the Bundesliga up top, right? There's be some more, some closer parity there. And then Barcelona on a resurgence. This is a guy you can build a team around, man. That's That's a big, big deal. Wouldn't be surprised if Messi heads back. Would you love to see those two play together? Yeah, I'd be curious to see what Messi does on the back end of his PSG experience, you know, to, to yeah. go back to play for Xavi potentially. He probably wants the team to be a little bit stronger still, but this is a step in that direction, you know, Thank or God. does, or, and they say he could end up in, in Miami, in MLS, just because it's Miami, um, or pick a, a another MLS destination for the football, whether that's, you know, an LAFC or something like that. So there's a lot of different places that this can go, but they sign Rafinha from Leeds. I think yeah. we talk about Jesse Marsh, like, you know, he's lost pretty much two of his key players. You know, he yeah. lost uh, Rafinha, went from Leeds to Barca, and then uh, Phillips went to Man City. So that's that's hard because he just... Got some cash, though. Yeah, you know, we'll see what they would they buy. That. Obviously, they got Tyler Adams coming in and all that stuff. But the the mission to stay above the relegation line is going to be hard. Yeah, Ravine, you can play too, man. That's uh, that's too bad. I would like to have seen, you know, a true Jesse Marsh team with him on it uh, and see how they would do. Um, because yeah. that's what's so strange about the Premier League, which is the the have and the have nots. It's really pretty absurd. Um, I would surprise Christian Eriksen go to Manchester United, huh? Yeah, you know, he had his, his time with Tottenham and did well. He had his time, obviously, with Denmark for so many years and has done well. He's just such a classy player. Yeah. And I think with what Tanag is looking to do there, uh, there's a fit. You know, there's a technical and tactical fit. And so it's going to be good. I was a little surprised it was a three-year contract. I don't know yeah. what the clauses are. He's in 31. He's 31 yeah. years old. So that's, yeah. that's about the limit that you could have, I would imagine. Especially right. his past health issues or, you know, I don't know what the insurance would look like on him. They say he's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's he's such a classy player. That, and he, he could play a couple different roles. He'd be good for the journey of a season. I don't think he has to play every week. But he's the kind of guy that I think would be a good locker room player. And it, it's a step in the right direction for Man United. Man United is one of the biggest enigmas right now in Europe. So it be yeah. interesting to see what they can kind of pull off this season. You know, it's so funny, Chris, as a coach, um, you know, you'd watch Erickson and, and Kane for Tottenham, and they were like one of the top two, three teams in, in the Premier League for a while. 
then just something happened. It's so funny, you know, and it's almost things, like I was thinking about you, because it's like the stuff you can't control as a coach sometimes. It's like the end of a player's contract. And the general manager or the president's negotiating that. The guy wants to move. And when Kane wanted to move, the other teammates know it, and they kind of get a little deflated. And then then Erickson starts hanging his head. And uh, Deli Alley doesn't start playing well. And it's just such a domino effect with a player. And like once you lose the locker room, and that's Pochettino, you know, who had lost that. It's, it's sort of, um, as a coach, it must be so frustrating because you're like, holy shit, I cannot seem to right the ship with, with my strategy here. It's, it's kind of out of my hands. Yeah, there's so many variables that go into it, the management of, of the locker room and, and where they are financially, the contracts, you know, when a player's stock is going up and down, whether a club is looking to make a move or whether the player is looking to make a move. As a manager, it's it's almost out of your hands. You just hope to manage it in a really good way and you're hoping that the deodorant of winning can can, you know, be bigger than any of that stuff. But they've been right on the cusp of winning, but not really gone over the edge. And that's why I'm fascinated with Antonio Conte being there because I'm a very big fan of his. And he might be the right coach for this team at the right time. It'd be really deodorant of winning. Oh man, I love that. What's that term from? The deodorant of winning. It just uh, I like to win, and I like deodorant. So you know, I put them together. Um, exactly. But basically, you know, you can have problems within a group, but if you're winning a right. lot. Eh, they aren't as big of a problem as you might, you know, think. And then the the inverse is true as well. Problems can become bigger if you're losing. Well, and I tell you, you mean it's kind of in the air. Winning's in the air, and it is contagious. And I tell you what, Conte did a good job coming in there. It took him a couple of weeks, and he righted the ship. And then they started to be within sort of striking distance. So it was uh, it was amazing. I mean, look, you can have that whole uh, what Sam Allardyce kind of type of coaching replacement, which is like just don't get to the bottom. Conte's not like that. He's like, I'm not taking the bottom. I'm not trying to keep people out of relegation. He uh, he wants to win, and he. I mean, you can see it. Uh, what a competitor yeah. he is on the on the on the sidelines. Well, absolutely, one of the best managers in the world, without without even the conversation. I mean, he, yeah, he's won in so many different places, and he he's very strong willed and and has a certain way that he likes to play. So now that he's being able to bring in a few of his own players, the team should look a little bit more like his, as opposed to taking it midway through a year, which is what he did last year. Yeah, so it's be, it'll be a good team to watch this year. It'll be very interesting. All right, so a couple of things. Uh, this one kid, I'm, I like watching him play, Malik Tillman. He just signed with the Rangers. So um, he got passed on from Bayern Munich uh, with an option to buy. His father's a U.S. citizen. He played, did you, he played, uh, he switched to German allegiance uh, after playing for them in the under 21s. And then late last spring, he came to the U.S., uh, debuting in the 3 0 win over Morocco in June. So nice player. Uh, uh, and a lot of guys, a lot of Americans go to, to play for the Rangers. So, you're not supposed to raise the same thought, but yeah, you know it's a, it's a classic case of some of the American players have gone to some of the biggest clubs, but don't necessarily get into that first team right away, and they get sent on loan, and that's what this is. And so, you know, the option to buy it probably means Byron may not sign him in the end of the day um, because if Rangers love him, then they'll stick with that. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they, they they put him into the U.S. national team camp in order to tie him up and try to make him a part of their plans in the future because he fits the profile of what they've been playing towards. Um, so there's a fit there. Now it's a matter of if he can get regular football week in, week out, that'll help him a lot. Right. Um, MLS All-Star Game coming up in August. How many of those have you been to? Um, I have not been to any. 
I've been to uh, a enjoy. bunch through the years. Yeah, a bunch. They're they're fun. There've been so many different formats: East versus yeah. West, and international teams and all that stuff. You've got you know you've got all the international teams coming in now. Like actually, even at LMU, we'll have Juventus. We'll be here training. Um, Chelsea's in LA. Oh, you're in, dude. You're in heaven. Juventus. You can be yeah. speaking Italian, hanging out, knocking it around. Yeah. You need a player. You need a player. You need one. You need one. I mean, <laughs> exactly. yeah. So you have all these teams coming through, and then you get the chance to, you know, uh, get these friendlies in, and sometimes they attest themselves to the All Star game, right? So you know, it's been fun for the fans through the years. Man, do you get any of your women there for the women's team to kind of watch the the training or anything, or they're home? They're all home. they're not here yet, uh, Juventus. So you know, um, there's a couple of different teams in LA always, you know, at San Diego, LA, but mainly LA just because they usually play friendlies in some of the different venues here, whether they bring in a Mexican team like Chivas will come up or something like that, or they'll play each yep. other in Vegas or something. So somewhere in the Southwest, they always drop a couple of these games. So a lot of teams like to come here. I mean, for years, Mourinho brought his teams here because he just likes to be in LA and the players can walk around with some anonymity. Um, so there's a chance for, for that here. Jeff likes New York. I know that he hangs out in New York. Um, he hangs out in New York in, like himself, but he doesn't bring his teams to New York. Yeah. No, no. He, he's, yeah. He, he, I think he played a little kick around down in the village with some kids, saw some kids yeah. playing and he just walked up there. So, um, yeah. all right. So the all-star, the, the all-star game, they're going to have a bunch of the U S men's national team players there. They got picked. Uh, they have Sean Johnson, um, which he seems to be. I don't know. He seems to be moving closer to maybe getting a position, uh, one of the three spots uh, in the goalkeeper position. Uh, Aaron Long, who, you know, I was a big fan of Aaron Long. He's coming back from that injury. Uh, he, he seemed to have missed a step, lost a step from where he was playing at. Walker Zimmerman sort of has uh, taken over that. He's the man to beat because I'm a big fan of Walker Zimmerman now. Uh, always have been, actually. Um, DeAndre Yedlin has continued to keep himself in the mix. What do you think about that? Yeah. Playing third year. You mean for the for the national team, the outside back? Yeah. Yeah, there's competition there. Dest is there. Um, Yedlin's there. Anthony Robinson has obviously done some well on, on for himself on the left, but you have Cannon can play off the right. There's depth there. So I think these are those kinds of situations where the, that whenever you bring up the conversation of form, like who's in form, you know, we're coming right. down the, the pike here. You know, for me, the World Cup always, I always think about it as a summer event. So it's it's odd for me to just right. think about it as a November thing. But if you think about it that way, we're only a couple months away. So who's playing weekly is important and who's playing well in, in their weekly consistencies becomes super important. And so when there's apples to apples, a comparison, a lot of that is who's fitter, who's in good form, all that. And that's what Greg Berhalter and his staff will be thinking Speaking about. And Yedlin's on that radar. I'm keeping my eye on Jordan Morris because I had him for dead a couple of times. He's, he comes back. He does something with that burst of speed, the change of speed he has. He's had some injuries, but, um, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Jordan Morris. Yeah, I was up in Seattle a couple of weeks ago, and I got to see a Sounders game. And, um, you know, he gets a goal or two, and he, he's just – He's just robust, a strong, hard runner. He's an honest worker, and he's a really handful to deal with. And, you know, I don't know if he's a starter necessarily for that team right away, but right. coming off the bench, he's a handful, and he could definitely help the U.S. I think he gets a World Cup spot, you know, for those reasons. But yeah, 
Yeah, I see. Thanks, too, but I also love that there's competition here, even down to those spots. So this is a this is a good thing. So all right, Chris. Well, it's good catching up with you, pal. Uh, miss you out on the West Coast. There, I'll be back in September. Uh, I head to uh, I head to Edinburgh pretty soon. So um, I'm gonna be there for all of August. But Jared, it's a great town. I uh, just won't be able to understand anybody. Maybe I'll maybe I'll actually be able to pick up the language by the end. Great. Did you think great? Great. You great. All right. Good. So. How many shows are you doing in a month? Uh, every day, from August third to August twenty eighth. Every day. Wow. Yeah, man, it's about an hour. It's an hour show. It's an hour twenty minutes now, but I have to cut it down. So, um, I've, I've been able to do that. I did it this morning uh, at the theater here. It was an hour and one minute, and uh, that's without any laughs. So that's probably going to be the exact time. I would <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's all the time we have today on Over the Ball. Uh, I enjoy talking to you, Chris. This is uh, this is a lot of fun for me. Going to check out the game tonight, the women's game against Canada. And uh, yeah, man, like you just said, we have a World Cup coming up in November. I can't even quite wrap my head around it yet. So, uh, so when I get back in the fall, we'll be able to watch it in LA for the first time. Uh, yeah, we'll start to talk about you know the opponents because Iran, for example, fired their coach, and then reinstated them today. It's there's a lot of chaos going on out there. So love the chaos because we've been a big part of it. We've been chaotic going through the years, so uh, it's nice to see other teams having chaos. Exactly. Um, all right, pal. For Chris Shamides, I'm Kevin Flynn, and we'll talk to you next time, everybody, on OTB. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.